0: Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you receive a blessing from this program. Please join us in person this Sunday for Bible study at 930 or our worship service at 1035. We promise that you will receive a warm welcome. For more information or to watch our services live, please visit our website, gpnd.net. Let's join our service already in progress.
1: Celebrating the birth of the Son of God, ooh, yes. Hear the rivers rush down to the oceans, dancing over the rocks on the way. All the heavens are filled with creation. Like the river my heart feels the call to
2: Four months out
3: Beneath Beneath.
4: His Father's hand
0: God started painting on me, then I took the paintbrush from Jesus and painted what I wished to see. The colors I painted kept running The objects were all out of sight I had made such a mess of my painting my seem so unwise so I brought my painting to Jesus all the colors so
5: them three Hebrew children and how we better stand when it gets rough. And then Sunday school I talked about it's time to get a grip. Some doctrines, some things we can't let go. And today we're going to kind of piggyback on that. Now I know it's Christmas time and I'm going to bring you some encouragement today. But it's going to take a little while to get there so you just hold on. Um, I, I know that many right now, this is a rough time of year for them. This is a rough time for a lot of people. It's not a happy time. And we'll get to there in just a little bit. So just bear with me today. I had something completely different. I was, my wife can tell you two o'clock this morning, I was doing something different. And so uh, if this doesn't come off very good, you forgive me. But uh, today I want to get back in Second Timothy. Um, I've talked in here before on 2 Timothy 2 and 2 Timothy 4. And, but today we're going to look at 2 Timothy 3 and the title of the message today is, Will You Stand in Perilous Times? Will You Stand in Perilous Times? I love 2 Timothy, it's my first book, That's my favorite book. If you don't know that, I talk on it all the time. You forgive me of that, but I love the urgency in it. I love the fact that Paul here, he's, he's pouring into young Timothy. He says, listen, there are some things you need to know There are some things that's going to happen and take place and you've got to be prepared for it. And this this book right here, if you want to know what's going on today, get in this book right here. Get in those letters that Paul gave us, the church epistles. And, buddy, you can tell what's going on today. And Paul here, he's getting ready to get his head chopped off. He knows his time is short. And so he's writing this urgent warning to Timothy. And it starts with a warning that says, in 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, it says this, this know that in the last days perilous times shall come. For me, I don't know if we got it up there or not, but if not, open your Bible, open your phone, we'll be here most of the day, so. We'll go some different places, but. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, there it is, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers. Man, it's a long list. Incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Now for just a little bit, I'm going to spend some time on that. And then we're going to see what the antidote is to this. We're going to see what the answer is to these last days deception this last days uh, stuff that's going on but we want to take a look at this just for a little bit it says in second timothy 3 1 we're just going to break it down a little bit it says this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come timothy now listen up on top of all that i've told you on top of all that you're going to need to carry on after i'm gone He says, listen, in the last days, perilous times are going to come. In the last days, perilous times are going to come. What does Paul mean when he says that? Well, in a sense, it can have up to three meanings. Since the rapture can take place at any time, the whole church age can be called the last days. I like uh, what one gentleman says. He says that it can be like that, but finally it's going to obviously applies to the last few weeks months and years preceding the rapture. Uh, He says, I think I find it helpful to think of labor pains. A pregnant lady knows, a pregnant lady knows that when she's about to give birth, by the frequency and severities of her labor pains. In the same way what Paul talks about here in these verses, it's going to be like that. It's always going to be there in some form, but as we get to the last days, it's going to increase. It's going to be more severe. It's going to be more difficult. And no matter how you define it, the answer is yes. We may be in the final days of this dispensation. Scripture indeed tells us in verse 13 that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. You see that today? I think we do. Now again, let's take a look at what these characteristics are. It says again in 1 Timothy 3, 1, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall. Stop right there. Shall come. It doesn't say they might. It doesn't say they could happen. It says they shall come. Now, this word means dangerous, difficult, harsh, and violent. Notice it does not say that things are going to get better and better. It does not say that we're going to see an end time revival like so many are preaching today. No, it says things are going to get worse. Question, is the body of Christ in difficult, violent, dangerous times today? Without question, we know the answer to that is that, that it is. We have the attacks from the world. And, and I was looking at this and it's claimed that tens of thousands of Christians are martyred for their faith every year. They have said that from the years 1965 to 2000, there are more Christians martyred during that period of time than any time in human history. Now, I don't know what it's been like since then, but it sure hadn't gotten any better. 70% of the world lives in a religiously intolerant environment. You've heard the news out of China. You've heard the news out of North Korea. You've heard the news out of Nigeria. Christians being killed their homes burned, their churches destroyed, being sent to labor camps, their children being raped, and made to convert to Islam. And in our own nation, and we've talked about this, and I'm not gonna spend a lot of time here because I wanna move on, but God, we know this, God has been removed from all aspects of society. Goodness, you try to walk on a, a university today, public university, and talk about the Lord Jesus Christ, and see how long you stay there for somebody's trying to get you out of there. Uh, Our children have been indoctrinated with secular humanism. Uh, The LGBT and the trans movement is everywhere today and that's just leading our children straight to hell. We have communism and socialism coming in like a flood and whatever one wants to do, it's fine. Our culture, it's going down the toilet. Look at the art, the music, the movies, the internet, the television that promotes the most vile, violent, sexually explicit garbage, and this gets worse and worse. But Paul here, he's saying something even beyond that. He lived in Nero's time. He lived in a time of great persecution. He lived in a time when it wasn't easy to be a Christian. But he says these things he's talking about here, these problems, these uh, troubles that are going to come in the last days are going to be in the church. They're going to be characteristic of the last day church and so we need to be paying close attention to this what's going to be like in the church in the last days what's it going to look like look at verse two it says for men shall be lovers of their own selves covetous boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful unholy now you can figure most of those out and I'm not going to spend all day there, but I want you to see a couple of these things that's very, very important we understand. It says, "For men shall be lovers of their own selves." This is the key to all the other sins listed in these verses. And I know I've mentioned this before, but it's, it's so overwhelming today that there ever been a time in, in that we have seen self-love and people being lovers of their own selves, it is today. Today, the cry in the world is what? Self-love, self-esteem, self-care. From a child today, we are taught that all our problems come from a lack of self-love. Today, it's all about looking inside ourselves through psychology and psychiatry. It's everywhere from our entertainment. uh, You turn on even kids shows today. That's all they talk about. Our academia, our seminaries, and our churches. What happens when self is elevated? When self is elevated to that point, what happens to sin? It's downgraded. No longer am I a sinner in need of a savior. No longer have I broken God's law. No longer am I, as the Bible says, desperately, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. But what we think today is, oh, I'm so awesome. I'm such a good person. That's all anybody ever tells me. If I got a problem, it's mom and dad's fault. If I got a problem, it's society's fault. If I got a problem, it's the church's fault because they don't cater to my every need. And that's where we're at today. We don't have preaching hardly anymore today. Thank God Pastor Jim comes in here and preaches the word. He works so hard and he's, he wants always to, to give you something from the word of God because he knows that anything else is just going gonna, it's gonna, to, it's like sand, it's gone. So we have today this this love of self, and guys, I'm going to move on a little bit, but I like what it says there. The Bible says we love ourselves already too much. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, 29, for no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it even as the Lord does the church. Now I like this illustration, (laughs) and I, I may have used it before, but it's a good one. Some of you all remember old Dave Hunt. He was that great Christian Uh, Speaker, We had him at Emmanuel one time and he said he had somebody in his office one day and he says, this person kept saying, I hate myself. I hate myself. He said, you don't hate yourself. He said, I hate myself. So what's the problem? I'm so ugly. He said, if you hated yourself, you'd be glad you're ugly. And I thought that was pretty good. He didn't hate himself. We have no problem loving ourselves. It's part of our old flesh. Our problem is we love ourselves too much and we put ourselves above God and end up worshiping worshiping ourselves instead of the Lord. And that's what we see in so many places today, in churches today. Um, What does the scripture say about this focus on self? 2 Corinthians 5.15 says this, and he died for all that they which live should, look at this, should not henceforth live unto themselves but unto him which died for them and rose again." Believer, as a Christian, our esteem is not found in self. Now, I I don't, I'm not saying we go around, oh, I hear you. No. Our esteem, though, it is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our, 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 if we live for him, what happens to self? It gets put on the back burner. When Bible says when we live for him, hey, listen, these things that we're talking about in these scriptures this morning, they, they won't be as much a part of our lives if we live for Him. And it's so important we understand that because we are living in perilous times. The day of the nominal Christian is long past. Hey, if you're just in this thing, foot in the world, foot in the church, here, there and everything, what's going to happen to you in these last days? You're going to be swept away. There is no way that you're not going to fall for these things unless you stay close to the Lord during these last days, during these perilous times we're talking about. Now, let's keep on going here. Now, I'm gonna kinda, I keep telling these guys this, but I got a lot here and I gotta get through to, to the good part here. We're gonna look at some bad news, but we got good news for you today. Again, First Second Timothy 3.2, and we'll go through this, and it says, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers. We see all that today, don't we? Covetousness. I've got to have a bigger car than you do, brother. Hey, in the church, what do we have? How many are you running over there? Hey, we run 600 over there. You see that today. Boasters. We've got a whole genre of music dedicated to boasters, and that's rap music. If you ever listen to that garbage very long, you'll be sick to your stomach, number one. But all that talks about is how great this person is and his exploits. And, and then we got that today. That's in the church, by the way. There's Christian rappers today. Their favorite, their best songs coming in hot. I, 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 just all kinds of stuff about boasting about themselves and nothing about the Word of God. That's in the church today. Now, it says proud. Now, that is our besetting sin, is it not? And it comes from looking at self too highly. And boy, I tell you what. We all have to fight that very, very hard. I have to fight it very, very hard. We are all naturally proud people. It says blasphemous. Well, we've seen that, have we not? You look in the, the world today, it's terrible. But even in the church, we have such a low view of Christ. We have such a low view of who he is. In Colossians, we've been talking about that in Sunday school. Well, we must have a high view. He's to have the preeminence. But what's happened? We brought Christ down to man's level. He's just a little better than we are. And that's a blasphemy against the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's everywhere today. It says disobedient to parents. Disobedient to parents. Oh, there's some young folk over here. I don't want to step on your toes too much. But listen, we live in a day when mom and dad, it doesn't matter what they have to say. I'm going to do what I want to do. And guess what? There'll be some counselor. They'll come in and say, yeah, you go do that and undermine mom and dad's responsibility, mom and dad's uh, authority. And we see that everywhere today. It says they're unthankful. We live in a very unthankful age. Unholy. Today, the day, the, the ideas, and I'm going to move on here. I've got to get myself caught up here. You just hold on to me. Just hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. See how, much, see how far I'm getting down there? No, we we have that today. It says, without natural affection in verse 3, have you got that? Without natural affection. We see that all over the place today. There's no natural affection for the family today. We have aborted 63 million babies in this world today. Divorce has skyrocketed even among believers. Aggressive homosexual, lesbianism, marriage is in our face child molesters, horrific abuse of children. What a sad age we live in. And that has intensified in our age. We see there are truce breakers. They break agreements, always in conflict with somebody. False accusers, gossips, liars. Boy, social media makes that real easy now. Hey, I don't like that person. I won't come and confront them face to face and say there's a problem between me and you. Can we get it straightened out? I'll go to Facebook. And I'll put it on there. And, I, and, I, and we have all this bitterness in the house of God today. It should never be. We are to love one another. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We should never go there. But it's big today. Incontinent, without sl- self-control. Slaves to passion and lust. Just turn on the television and you'll see that every night. Fierce, they say, in these last days people will be fierce. That's like a wild beast. And we see that in the crime. We see that, I saw a guy take a baseball bat to the back of a man's head in New York City this week, and he was out of jail within a day. Crime is rampant in the streets today. Despisers are those that are good. They hate what is good and they love what is evil. There's a reason we're seeing these uh, uh, crisis pregnancy centers burned to the ground, it's because they hate what is good and they love what is evil. But you know what? We've got the leftist Christianity today that says abortion is just fine. Gay marriage is just fine. That stuff is creeping into the church. It says traitors, they will stab you in the back. They will use you for their own good and then they will turn on you. Think about these faith healers today. Send, me my mo- send money in and, and I'll see that to it that you get healed today. Come to my meeting and I'll heal you today. They don't care about you. All they want is their money. If those faith healers were true, if they were real, how come they're not down there at the children's hospital uh, healing all those sick kids? During this COVID emergency, why weren't they in St. Francis? Why weren't they in Community South healing all these people? What a a sham that is. And then we have Hetty, reckless. I will say this, there is absolutely nothing about the character of God that is reckless. There's a song out there that says reckless love. There's nothing about God that is reckless. Nothing about his character. Lovers of pleasure and lovers more than lovers of God. That's big in this generation, is it not? We, we have uh, kids today. Used to be when I was a kid, ball games were on Saturday or sometime during the week, but today they're on Sunday. And what happens, uh, uh, our professed Christians will say, well, I can't go to church today, i got to go to the lake can't go to church today, I got to go to the Colts game. That's loving pleasure more than loving God. I can't read my Bible, I can't study because there's something I want to watch on TV. Lovers, lovers of pleasure is more than lovers of God. If you call at a prayer meeting, very few people will show up but the big music festivals, the cruises, other Christian entertainment, they'll flock them right in. Second Timothy 3.5 says having a form of godliness But denying the power thereof, what does he say here? From such, turn away. In the last days, there'll be plenty of things done in Jesus' name, but there'll be no power of God in their message. Notice the text does not say there'll be powerful emotions, intense feelings, or even sensationalism, or even power. But that power will not be from God. It'll be from the devil. And there'll be an illusion there, of a power, but there is none. But Paul says what? Turn away from that crowd. We have to be careful today. And I'm moving on, but we have to be very, very careful, very discerning about what we bring into our homes, what we bring to our kids, even if it's got Jesus attached to it. If it does not line up with this word, Paul says, I'm to turn away from it. And that's where we're at today. But I want to I show you something. I'm moving on here. I like what it says here. What is the antidote to this? We have looked at all this bad news and, and, and I don't know about you, but my goodness, it, we're getting bombarded with it every day. If you turn on the news and you shouldn't, just keep up with what's going on. Don't, don't obsess yourself with that because it's going to run you down. But there is an antidote to this stuff. There is an antidote to the to the uh, perilous times that we're talking about. And you think, man, it must be something really big. It must be something really uh, amazing. But it's something very, very simple. Second Timothy 3.10 says this. He says, now, Timothy, I want you to see something here. Second Timothy 3.10, if you got that, gentlemen, thank you. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience. patience. Notice the word, but. Paul is now gonna give Timothy and the body of Christ your answer to the perilous times we face. We face. He says, Timothy, look, you have fully known my doctrine. You've, I've taught you those mystery truths of the church. I've told you all these mysteries that God has given me, I've given them to you. And he says, I want you to take them to other people. I want you to, to take them and run with them and preach the word. Preach the word, Timothy. That is what we need. Don't ever get tired of hearing preaching. Part of this last day's apostasy, part of this falling away that we're seeing is because people don't want to hear preaching anymore. They'll flock to places that'll itch your ears but won't give you those hard truths that you need. I like getting my sto- toes stepped on sometime. Brother Adams, I got some boots on today, but I like to get them toes stepped on now. And then I need that. We all need that. Paul says, "Listen, I have taught you the whole counsel of God, the way I have lived, my purpose. You've seen me labor, you've seen me tr- establish these churches, you've seen me be sound in the faith, and you've seen my long suffering. Man, if there was a man that was long suffering, it was Paul." He says, listen, my love, my patience in tribulation. And I want to say something this morning about that I've seen here at Grace Point that has so encouraged my heart. We have seen so many people go on home to be with the Lord in the last five, six years. It's been amazing. I mean, it's just an unbelievable amount of people. Yet I've seen people, Paul here, he's, showing by his life what he believes. And I've seen the people of Grace Point, I've seen the widows come in, I've seen the widowers come in and be faithful, even though they've gone through incredible loss. There's people in this church that have gone through things that would just break your heart if you knew what was going on. Yet here they walk in the door every Sunday, faithful to the house of God. They're in their Bible, they're studying, they're trying to serve in any way they can. That encourages my heart and one of the antidotes we'll have for these perilous times is just stay with it. Show your faith by your life. Yes, we're going to go through difficult times. Yes, we're going to go through hard seasons. Yes, we're going to have heartaches, but just keep at it. Let your life show that you believe what this book says. Doesn't mean you won't have sorrow. Doesn't mean it won't be difficult. Paul, he says here, In 2 Timothy 3.11, persecutions, afflictions, which came to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of all of them the Lord delivered me. Listen, Paul, he was opposed everywhere he went. He was stoned, he was beaten, shipwrecked, left for dead, been in prison, hounded by unbelievers. Yet he's saying, listen, you stand on this word that's going to happen to you. Now we've been pretty fortunate in this country but persecution is coming. If you really stand right now I guarantee you they're going to they're going to have some problems. If you get out the four walls of these doors and get bold out there in the community you're going to have problems today. But he says that's all right. He says yea and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Hey Christianity, biblical Christianity is not popular today. It's not wanted. And by the way, the, lo- the world has always hated Jesus Christ. The God of this Bible, the Lord Jesus Christ, has always been hated in this world. We shouldn't be surprised when it comes, but he says this, and I'm going to move on a little bit farther, man. He says in 2 Timothy 3:14 and 15: Look what he says here. All this stuff going on, everything that's going on in these last days. All the persecution, all the troubled times, all the perilous times, he says, but continue thou in the things which thou have learned and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ. Paul says here, but continue. Isn't that just simple? He doesn't say, listen, times are changing. It's perilous days. We better change everything we're doing. He says, no, but just continue. He doesn't say, go out in the pagan world, find out what they like, and bring it in to the church. He says, don't take the world's philosophy. Don't take the world's mysticism. Don't take the world's gimmicks. He says, but you just stay right where you're at. You stay glued to this word of God. He says he's, he's to continue in those things which Paul has taught him. We can be sure and we can trust what this book says. When perilous times come and you feel like giving up and you feel like saying, I just can't take it anymore. Continue thou in the things which thou has learned and have been assured of. Knowing of who thou has learned them. Hey, we got these epistles here that can give us guidance can give us comfort can give us hope in a world that's gone mad. The Bible still says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. If you're going through the fire today, understand this, Jesus Christ will never leave thee nor forsake thee. The Bible says, when we got saved, that Holy Spirit indwelled us, and it'll be there, he'll be with us until the day of redemption. Hey, we can can rest in that. We can rest in knowing that with an ever-changing world, we have an unchanging Bible in this King James Bible. Amen. Never changing. And we can trust what it says to us today. Amen. Hey, it's it's, it's going to help us. And it says about this Bible, I'm going to go on to verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, and all good works. He says, Timothy, this Bible here, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for correction, for instruction and in righteousness. He says, listen, if you get into this book, if you'll study it, if you'll study it in its context, know what it says, and not just know it, but apply it to your life. He says, be, that'll be a great shield for you. That'll help you when the times are tough. That'll help you when it comes your time to go to the chopping block, that I'm with you, that I'll never leave nor forsake you. That's what the Bible says about our Lord. Now a question is asked now as this end time apostasy and this, these wicked days that we live in, these perilous times, what are you going to do? Are you going to continue in the things which you have learned or will you waver? Will you stick with the scriptures even as our nation and the majority of Christendom sell the Bible and the Lord out? Hey listen, Our our deliverance is not coming from the politicians. You better get that you better get a hold of that. They'll use you and then run right over you. Our hope's only in this book right here. And the author of this book, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now if you're here today and it's your turn to die and you don't know the savior we've been talking about, you have no hope. You have no defense for these perilous times. If you're lost here today, you will not stand in perilous times. You say, well, how can I be saved? How can I know that I can be saved from all the sin that's in my life and I can have eternal life with Him? Well, listen, the Lord Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of God. And He did all that was necessary to grant us forgiveness of sins and give us eternal life through His death, His burial, and His resurrection. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, No man cometh to the Father but by me. Notice Jesus says, I'm not one way of many. He says, I am the way. Christ is not a way but the only way to the Father. 1 Timothy 2 and 5 says, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. No angel, no apostle, no priest, no preacher, no man, no woman can act as a mediator between God and man. Only Christ can because he has the credentials. And the greatest need you have today if you're lost is forgiveness of sins. That's the greatest need humanity has. But we have a problem, and the problem is this. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Now, you might be trying to find a little place to run and hide there, but you can't hide. The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. You may say, well, you know, I can accept that, but, you know, I've never killed anybody. I've never uh, run around on my wife. Well, it may be. You may be the most moral person in here, but unless you trust Christ, you'll go straight to hell. The Bible says this, that God's standard is absolute perfection, and we have all missed the mark. And not only that, sin has a wage. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. Now you may be in here and you're lost today. You think, man, that's bad news. Man, I'm a sinner. I have no way. I can't save myself. I'm on my way to hell. And you say that the wages of sin is death. Oh, but I got good news for you today. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, God loves us, and He showed that love for us in the sacrifice of His Son on the cross of Calvary. Romans 5 8 says, but God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He did for us what we could not do for ourselves. He willingly went to that cross, and there He paid the penalty for your sins. Personally, He paid for your sin there on that, cro- that cross. The wrath that we deserve was placed upon him. Romans 5, 9 says, Much more than being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. What a savior we have. How was God's wrath for sin satisfied? It was through the death of his son, Jesus Christ. And not only that, he bodily rose from the grave and he is alive today. Amen. Christ has paid it all. And he can save you today, but you must come to him by faith alone, trusting only in him to be saved. But we like 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4 around here, for Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Christ has done that for you. He died for your sins. And Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. Now as we close here today, I've challenged us believers today, continue thou in the things that thou hast learned in these perilous times. Don't give up. I want to encourage you today. Stay at it. Even if your heart is absolutely shattered, don't give in to this end-time garbage. If you're lost today, and maybe these words we've said, have opened your heart, you see your need of Christ today, would you simply by faith trust in him at this moment, believing he is who he says he is, the son of God, that he died for your sins, he rose again, he's alive today, and what he has done is enough to save you. Just put your faith and trust in him. And I don't care if you've been here, been in church 50 years, sing in a choir, teach Sunday school, if you're trusting in anything else, but the Lord Jesus Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection, you're lost. Amen. You need to be saved today. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we come to you today and we thank you so much for the Word of God. Lord, we're thankful that when we see everything swirling around us today, and Lord, it's easy to get discouraged that we have an answer. And that answer is in you. That answer is in your word, that rock, that that stable influence we can have so that when things go wrong, when we're brokenhearted, when we lose a loved one, we have a savior, we have an advocate, we have a comforter, we have one that will strengthen us. So Lord, help us not to lose track now as we come down in these rough days, but Lord, allow us to have encouragement because we know that this isn't our home. We're going home with you one day. And Lord, what a reunion day that's going to be. But Lord, if, if someone here is lost today, may they come to you by faith right now where they're seated. By the way, if you are lost, just call out to him. Say, Lord, I I know I can't save myself. I know I'm a sinner. But I do believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again. And I believe that is enough to save me. If If you'll just trust him today, he will do that. Lord, help us now as we go home. Lord, so many people sick. Lord, help them, help them get better. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: We hope you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpnd.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. You can watch us live and view past services on our website, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Until next broadcast, may God richly bless you as our prayer.